What is up, everybody? Today we are back here with episode three of First and Ten. We've got a great episode planned out. We're going to talk about Leonard Fournette, potential landing spots, and then my co-host and I are going to get into our predictions for the awards at the end of the year. I'm Mitch, and my co-host is Adam, and we're just excited for another episode today. We hope you guys tune in. Remember to follow Baseline Times on all social medias. Um, if you missed the previous two episodes, go back and check them out. They were great, and now we're going to get into it. Okay, Adam. Let's start with the... Leonard Fournette. With, yes. Let's start with Leonard Fournette. So, what I've always been saying my whole life and is that running backs are just not a valuable position in the NFL. If you have a good running back, that's great, but it's nowhere near having a star receiver, star QB, star cornerback, or one of those positions, and I feel like this Leonard Fournette situation proves that. The reason I think it proves that is because the Jaguars tried to get something for him. They tried whatever they could. They couldn't get a goddamn 7th round pick. Meanwhile, Loremi Tunzel, the 11th pick in the NFL draft a few years ago, got two first rounders. And this the, the, the fourth pick can't even get a 7th rounder. And it's not like Leonard Fournette's bad. He's a great player. But running back is just not a valued position in today's NFL. No, I completely agree. I mean, this is not uh, any... This is this guy is not a slasher running back by any stretch of the mind. He has two thousand seven hundred yards in the last three seasons. He has many touchdowns to go along with that, and he's been pretty important to the Jaguars. And this just like you said, this completely just completely proves the uh, the narrative that running backs are useless. And I'll pull up the point. Leonard Fournette's been in the league three seasons. He's only twenty five years old. He's rushed for a thousand yards in two of his three seasons. The other season, he didn't play half the season. And in those seasons, he rushed for nine touchdowns. And last year, he did struggle a bit in the Jaguars' offense with only three. But you also have to give it to him. He was playing with one, two, at sometimes three different QBs with Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew. And the Jaguars were the joke of the league last year. Besides Gardner Minshew, they really didn't have any hype or anything. And Leonard Fournette still still performed. He was still able to put up numbers that you'd like to see out of your running back. And Leonard Fournette is definitely better than a running back like Philip Lindsay, but running back just isn't that important in today's NFL. I mean, you speak about his scoring, you speak about his yards, but another tree of a running back is their ability to hang on to the ball. I mean, in three seasons, he has three fumbles. That's pretty admirable. You know, and those numbers can even stack up to the greats like Saquon and McCaffrey and even Derrick Henry. I mean, it's just somewhat baffling for me to realize that this guy, like you said, a, four, a fourth overall pick two years ago or three years ago, can't even fetch a seventh rounder. So where do we think he signs in free agency? Um, to be honest, I think the Buccaneers are a great spot for him. Yeah. They, they are currently developing a team around Brady. They still have some holes at running back. I don't think Ronald Jones is the answer for this year. but I don't either which is why I think you very well end up there. And it also brings the question, do you think Devontae Freeman will end up in Jacksonville, which is also very likely a possibility? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely an interesting thought. Devontae Freeman has been kind of falling off the last few years, but so I don't see the Jaguars really throwing a whole lot of money at him, especially considering they're rebuilding, but it's definitely possible. I can't even name the two running backs that are going to be, uh, that are still in the depth chart for the Jaguars. I mean, this was... I mean, a you weird, got, weird I, I don't know his first name, but it's something Armstead. And then you got Chris Thompson, who's a, I wouldn't say a veteran back, but he's played a lot of seasons in the NFL. He's never been a primary running back, but 
he could surprise us. Exactly. And then you take a look. The re- Another reason I don't say running back is too important of a position is because you look at the past Super Bowl champions, the Chiefs. They had Damian Williams, who is a good running back, but he's nothing special. I mean, he came from Miami in a trade a few years ago where he broke out after Lamar Miller got injured. But, like, for them to just be able to get a running back like that, and then you go to a team like the Patriots, who always win. Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. Sony Michelle, Rex yeah. Burkhead, James White, all these names. None of them were 1,000-yard rushing or perennial 1,000-yard rushers. These guys are just adequate. Four years ago, Patriots running back Jonas Gray played his first career NFL game, had four touchdowns, which just shows he's never played a snap in the NFL and he had four touchdowns. Sadly, he didn't show up to practice and then got cut a few days later, but think about what could have been if he showed up to practice. Like, this nobody running back comes out of nowhere and puts up, like, touchdowns and stuff. Like, it's, it, it's so hard to predict running backs. I mean, obviously, there are good running backs and bad running backs, but it's one of the most difficult... Um, positions to judge like you said compared to quarterback and literally any other position. Well, a quarterback can win a Super Bowl a running back can't yeah and that's evident you know the, the past 18 Giants stud uh running back had 2,000 yards and they just they missed the playoffs and they were pretty the definition of mediocre in 2018 and then someone brought up the point a running back can be a whole team and yes I think that is true like McCaffrey was the Panthers last year but yeah. a running back being a whole team won't necessarily translate to winning. Exactly. I mean, the running back may be the whole team, but that whole team may not be very great. Exactly. So, you talk about Fournette going to the Bucks. I think that's definitely possible. I think he could go to the Steelers. They might move on from James Conner, who's proven to be pretty injury-prone last year, although he did have a breakout 2018 season. That's another potential landing spot. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We'll talk about him more when he signs... Well, while we're on the topic, we should we might as well just get into NFL free agents. So let's start with Earl Thomas. Where, where where do you think Earl Thomas will end up? Honestly, I think he might go to the Browns. I'm not sure because I know he talked about not wanting to play for a division rival, but that was a few weeks ago, and um, when someone asked him if he would ever leave Baltimore. So the Browns have the most cap space in the league right now, and they have a dire need for a safety, any safety. And with Logan Ryan signing with Giants, Earl Thomas seems like the only option left uh, for signing a veteran player. And, I mean, like I said, they've got the money to make it happen. And it's really just going to be whether Earl Thomas decides to become a part of that Browns culture or if he wants to steer clear like Davion Clowney did. And then who knows? What, what I was watching um, NFL Live or one of those shows this morning, and they brought up a very good point. Because mm-hmm. if you play a game, if you play week one, you're guaranteed your money the rest of this season. But if you don't play week one and come in week two, it's like the new COVID rules or whatever, you don't have to guarantee the teams a full contract, which is why I think players like Clowney and Thomas might not get signed until week two because teams don't want to fully guarantee a 15 plus million dollar contract, which makes complete sense to me. Yeah. I, I, it's completely reasonable. Nobody wants to get taken for a ride. That makes perfect sense. Exactly. Where do you see Earl Thomas signing? Um... As you said, I, I think the Browns are a contender. Um, Jets are a possibility after Jamal Adams leaving, even though they got McDougald or whatever. McDougald, yeah. Um, but it's also just it depends in the next week or so who gets hurt, who gets cut, and things like that. Because Saturday coming up, teams are going to have to cut their rosters down to... Normally it's 52, man. I don't know what it is this year, but 
it, it, it could bring in the factor, are we cutting this player so that we can sign Clowney, or are we cutting, like, this and that. So, you never know. We'll just have to wait and see. But now it's time to get into the awards. So, we'll start with the most valuable player. And for my MVP this season, I think I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. And Interesting. The reason I believe that is Deshaun Watson is on a football team where he will have to be the player, like the best player on the team in order for them to succeed. Absolutely. And I think he, he's, he's been slow this. He's been slow his career. He hasn't had much success with the winning factor. He, he, he's won a few playoff games. but well, he gets to the playoffs, and then he can't make a deep playoff yeah. run. And I think that this year is his year to prove to people that he can do that, which is why I'm really high on him and think he can be the MVP because without DeAndre Hopkins, he knows he has to take that step. If he doesn't take that step, the Texans could be looking at a top 10 draft pick this year, which is why I think with the chip on his shoulder, he's going to. And then I'm also going to get into my MVP dark horse, a player that many people actually won't see winning the MVP or think it's a long shot. But I think my dark horse is going to be Cam Newton this year because Cam Newton on the Patriots, he was one of the best QBs in the league three, four years ago. And he, he didn't fall off just like that. He, he, he is a New England Patriot. He's playing in one of the best NFL systems ever to grace the game. And I think there is a very well, high possibility the Patriots do go 12-4 and four if Cam Newton is able to use that offense like Belichick wants. And from what we've been seeing, all the praise he's getting from Belichick, Cam Newton's one of the hardest working players in the league. So I think he could be a dark horse. What are your thoughts? Well, that's not a compliment to be taken lightly, especially coming from the greatest coach of all time who rarely smiles even. So I will agree with that. Cam Newton is definitely a contender. My pick is going to have to be Russ. I think that this is finally his year to win one. I mean, he's been one of the most dominant players in the last decade. And um, I think he finally gets the recognition he deserves. He has carried that Seahawks franchise. Although I won't necessarily say... If I'm correct, Russ does not have an MVP, right? No, I don't believe he does. Um... He, I'm not, it's, this is not to say that the Seahawks roster has been abysmal forever. I mean, it's, come, it's gone up and down. The stock has gone up and down. But Russ has been consistently excellent and has made them consistently competitive. And I think finally the world wakes up and realizes this man is a very, very valuable player. I agree. I, 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 in, if you listen to the pad, past podcast, I, I'm really high on Russell Wilson. I think he could be a great QB. But I just think... Deshaun Watson could pull that out and win win this year. I mean, no disrespect to Russ. I think I feel like every year Russ is in the talk midseason for um MVP, but and then someone like Mahomes or Lamar will take it away from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for your dark horse, who do you have? This is gonna be super super controversial. Um, but I th- I have Stafford, Matt Stafford. <sighs> See, people, I'm seeing now that. There's a lot of disrespect towards Stafford, which frustrates me and honestly confuses me a little bit as well because Stafford has played on a Lions team that has not won a playoff game in forever. They haven't won a little Exactly. I mean, these this team has just not been good at all throughout the time he's been there. And he consistently, like just like Russ, although with less success as Russ, consistently puts up good numbers, consistently does everything he can to try and win games. And last year, 
it seemed like the Lions could have actually gone nine and seven or and potentially snagged a uh a wild card spot or at least been in the hunt uh in the final few weeks, but he was on pace to throw fifty touchdowns last year and five thousand yards. I mean, this is a talented, talented player. And if the Lions can keep him healthy and the Lions can protect him, then I think this man could have a shot at MVP. I do too. Last year he had a QB rating of one hundred and six before he went down. He had a ratio of nineteen touchdowns to five interceptions. The team was three and four and one, winning some difficult games. If he plays a full season, he there 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 is a chance that um he does win the uh, MVP. So now moving on, we have would you like to go to offense or defense first? Uh what would do, you like? Offense is always uh, put next, but let's, so let's do defense. Let's switch it up. Okay, so who do you have winning defensive player of the year? So, not to sound biased at all, but I have my, my guy, Miles Garrett, winning defensive player of the year. I mean, he was on pace to have 16 sacks last year. He, until, or before his incident. Um, and he has come out and said that he doesn't want to even have anywhere near the uh, career year he had last year. He said that he wants to be a completely different player, and he's working hard to, you know, to make that happen. Every Browns vi- training video has Miles Garrett in the background or in the foreground. Like this man is working so hard, and he claims uh, that he was in the he knew he was in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year last year. He said he doesn't want to be in the conversation; he wants to be the conversation. I had that quote. I said that quote in episode two, and it still stands true. I mean, this man is a dog and he wants to win so i'm gonna give it to him how about you that that's interesting because when 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 you hit players with helmets it's like i'm not trying to downgrade you but it's like you need to grow up i feel like garrett garrett he he's too young but he's i don't think he's, he's he's mentally good enough to win a defensive player of the year i don't i think he I don't know. I just, I just don't see it happening. I don't. I don't see him. I, I don't. Especially since he hasn't played in so long. That's like, I, I don't want to compare it to someone who's injured, but that's like Bradley Chubb coming back and getting 20 sacks. Well, I guess we'll have to see. Who do you have for your defensive player of the year? Um, I, I have to go with Aaron Donald. I, I love the man on Hard Knocks. He's been super entertaining. <laughs> and I just think that he is the best defensive player in the league, and he would have one defensive player of the year last year if teams didn't game plan to stop him. Because, as I've said before, he's a once-in-a-generation player. Aaron Donald is probably one of the pass rush, best pass rushers we will ever see play the game. And, once again, if teams slack off a bit because he wasn't as great last year, he's going to come right back and win defensive player of the year again and then for my dark horse I think I'm going to have to go with J.J. Watt because if J.J. Watt is healthy for a full season he is one of the best defensive players in the NFL he showed it when he's healthy problem is past three seasons he's been hurt a lot he has been all right I like that I like that a lot um I'm gonna go with Joey Bosa I mean, that man just got a bag and a half. He, he did. just got he did. a massive contract extension. And I think that this is another year where he's going to absolutely dominate. And he's going to show the Chargers that they made the right decision in extending him for 
hundred plus million dollars. So I think that he absolutely destroys the league this year. Okay, now moving on to offensive player of the year. There is a lot of questions about this because I mean people want to say McCaffrey, but I just don't see McCaffrey doing anywhere near what he did last year. And I think it very well, I think Saquon Barkley will be the best running back in the NFL this year, which is why for offensive player of the year, I think I'm going to give it to him because Saquon Barkley last year wasn't great. He he got hurt, but but he did notch a thousand yards even while after uh, messing up his ankle and missing a lot of games. And in 2018, he rushed for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. Most people say the second season of a running back is their so-called sophomore slump. I mean, if my sophomore slump was rushing for 1,000 yards and six touchdowns while playing probably half the games or four or five games less, I'll take that as a sophomore slump because then my junior year, I'm just coming back. And it's, it only goes up from here. I, he, I mean, Barkley already has one rookie of the year. I mean... I don't see him getting worse in his third year in the NFL. I just don't, especially with the upgrade to the Giants offense. I think it's an easy one. Give it to Saquon. They might as well just hand it to him right now. All right, so I like that take. I think Saquon is definitely going to be in the conversation if he, if not winning the whole thing. But I'm going to have to go with Patrick Mahomes because I don't think he wins MVP again this year, although I think it will be competitive between him and Russ and among others. But that man just makes everybody better around him and I think that it's pretty simple he's gonna score a lot of points he's gonna want to go back to back and he's just gonna dominate again and he could throw for 40 touchdowns again and so I think he wins offensive player of the year and that's an interesting take because I feel like with offensive player of the year it's an award where like you you never really know who's gonna get it because sometimes it's like you you you'd think it would be a QB every year which is like the MVP but like Last year we had Michael Thomas, but the year before it was Pat Mahomes winning MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Then the year before, though, it was Todd Gurley. The year before, Matt Ryan. And then Cam Newton, DeMarco Murray. I mean, what I'm getting is this award, it could... I think if it is a QB, the second-best QB in the league behind uh, whatever his name is, um, behind Deshaun Watson, will be Patrick Mahomes. But I just don't think it'll be a QB again. For like like last year, the runner up for offensive player of the year wasn't even a QB. Michael Thomas won, but McCaffrey was the runner up, and I still believe McCaffrey deserved to win. But McCaffrey played one of the best seasons we've ever seen out of a running back. That's just my thoughts because I think offensive player of the year is a very I feel like it's it's weirdly voted on. I just I don't I I don't understand how they get who they get sometimes. All right, that's fair. Now to the rookies. So, um, who do you have for Offensive Rookie of the Year? I mean, I want to say Jerry Judy, but that would be kind of biased as a Broncos fan. Mm-hmm. So, I think Joe Burrow will be the Rookie of the Year because he's going to start every single game unless injured. And when he's healthy, I think he could get a few wins. And I don't see a run. I think he'll have a very similar rookie season to Baker Mayfield. You think he'll bake? break Baker Mayfield's touchdown record? I do, but I also think the reason he's going to win and Baker didn't is because there's not going to be a running back like Saquon that was picked 
so early in the NFL draft. Also because Baker only played 13 games of that season as well. He probably would have hit 30 touchdowns if he played 16 games. Yeah, but then you also have to bring in the fact that, like, I feel like Joe Burrow's a bit more ready for the NFL than Baker because oh, Baker's yeah, attitude yeah. was already ahead of him before getting to the NFL. Joe Burrow's already been some humble guy. I also think Baker had a bit to learn from Tyrod Taylor and yeah, other no, I, people I don't disagree. in the QB room. I think, I'm going to have to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for my, offense, for my choice for Offensive Rookie of the Year, although I think it's going to be close. I guess I, it, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's the whole Baker versus Saquon. It's like it could go to either. Yeah. It could, but it, I just, I, I don't see the QB not winning it this year. It's like, I think, I, I'm I'm not like super high on Joe Burrow, but I think he will probably go somewhere between 5-11 and 11 and 7-9. and nine. I think the Bengals will be a lot better than they were last year, which and I think Burrow's going to get a lot of credit for it, whether he, it's him or the defense, Burrow's going to get a lot of credit, which is why I think he'll win. Yeah, okay, well then that's probably that's Baker Mayfield won because he took a team that was 1-15 the previous year and turned them into a 7-8-1 record. So I feel like if you're looking at that angle, then I would I would agree Joe Burrow has a good shot at it. But I just think that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to make an immediate impact on an already uh, loaded Kansas City offense. And I think that the uh, the Chiefs, if the Chiefs go back-to-back, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will receive a lot of that praise, along with Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill, obviously. But... And then That'd you bring up my dark horse is going to probably be Tua Tagovailoa, mm-hmm. who I also think, like, I, I actually think Tua is better than Burrow, but we're going to have to wait to see Tua a lot longer. And Tua won't be that good this year. It's going to take him a year or two. If he even plays that much. I mean, yeah, he's definitely I think it's, a lot, it's a lot like a Mahomes situation. Mahomes didn't play at all his first season, and yeah. he is the best QB from that draft, better than Deshaun Watson, yes. But Mahomes had to wait to come in the game because he had someone like Alex Smith. And I think Tua in that QB room with Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to learn so much because Tua was already the best QB in the NFL draft before the year started. He still was the best QB in the NFL draft, but the reason he wasn't picked so soon is because injuries. Tua's had a lot of injuries, a lot of issues with his hips, and teams fear that. I think a healthy Tua could be a future best QB in the league. Give it three or four years. The Dolphins could be a top team, a contender. But I could very well just be wrong. Tua could get hurt, tear his ACL, blow out his hip again, and he may never see the field again, which is sad to say, or he may never, like, we may never be able to see what a healthy Tua really would have been like. But I think Tua could be one of the best players to play in the NFL. No disagreement, but just based on what we said about how uh, he most likely won't play that much, I don't see him winning Offensive Rookie of the Year, especially considering I don't think he plays more than 10 games this year. I think 10 games is a stretch for him, so I'm going to have to give it to who I think is the best running back in the draft, which would be Jonathan Taylor. And I get you're probably going to say I'm pretty high on running backs right now because I just chose two of them as my uh First choice and second choice at Offensive Rookie of the Year. Well, that's actually but. interesting that you're so high on Jonathan Taylor because um, if I recall correctly, I offered you him in fantasy football and you didn't want him. <laughs> you're right, I did not. But I think that the Colts are going to be – there's a lot of culture shifting in the uh, Colts locker room, and they're really finally just getting over the loss of Andrew Luck, and now they're going to be actually be a playoff contender. 
And I think the dual threat of Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor will definitely be a big part of that because who knows if Phillip Rivers can continue to air the ball down the field. I think he still can, but they're going to rely a lot on that rushing offense. And I think that Jonathan Taylor is going to get the job done. Interesting. Interesting. So then you have defensive play, defensive rookie of the year. I feel like most people are going to have the same player, the once-in-a-generation player, and I'm going to agree with most people. I'm Chase Young, Ohio State. I'm one of the best defenders we've seen out of a draft in years compared to players like Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa. Ohio State just seems to provide the best defensive lineman we've ever seen in drafts, and the difference between Chase Young and the Bosa's are that Chase Young was a Heisman contender, which we haven't seen a Heisman contender defensive player since Manti Teo in like 2012. And who knows what Manti Teo is doing now with all his girlfriend issues or whatever. But um, yeah, I just see Chase Young being the rookie of the year. Yeah, I think so as well. I don't think there's much of a conversation. Isaiah Simmons is a very versatile player, and that's why he's probably second in the running for defensive rookie of the year as of right now. But I mean, it's all really noise until we see them actually play, but I mean, there's no debating. Chase Young is an absolute monster, and I think that he will win Defensive Rookie of the Year and be a bright spot on the otherwise gloomy Washington football team roster. And then I would give you guys a dark horse, but I really don't see anybody besides Chase Young or Isaiah Simmons winning. Yeah. So I think we're just going to move straight on to Comeback Player of the Year. Well, Mitch will give his first take. So... This is probably going to be expected, but I'm going to have to go with Alex Smith. If he can, as Adam said in previous episodes, if he can just win one more football game after that horrible, horrible injury, then that, I mean, that's just going to be tremendous for the league. It's going to be such a feel-good story, and it's going to be so hard for people to vote against him because like, he's such a lovable guy. Everybody wants to see him succeed, and... He really could. I mean, I still think he. I think he is an upgrade over Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback, if he can stay healthy. And uh, I just don't think there's any debating that. Mm. Who do you have, um, Adam? I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I want to go with uh, Alex Smith, but I, I don't know. I think I'm gonna go. I could say Cam, but I already gave Cam his praise. I think if Cam does what he said I was going to do, he would win. But I'm gonna have to go with Big Ben this year because I think, I think even if the Steelers only win nine games, eight games, Big Ben's still probably gonna ball out, get a lot of credit. I still think Big Ben has it in him one more year, and I think he could do it this year. And then he also has the weapons. He's still got Juju, James, Connor. They don't have a great receiving core, but they have good enough receivers. And with the addition of Eric Ebron. I think I thought that was kind of a weird signing, but it's, I did too. It's but right. it, it'll it, it can't hurt them. No, it can't. it can't. Vance McDonald was not the answer at tight end, but I mean, like you said, they've got a subpar receiving core. But Deontay Johnson and James Washington stepped up pretty big time last year, and uh, I I'm not saying that these guys are future superstars, but they can no. get the job done. And I just think in that offense, Big Ben's playing in it for a, many his whole career. Mike Tomlin knows how to coach. He knows how Big Ben rolls, so I think he can do it. But besides Big Ben, a dark horse, I think, could be Bradley Chubb of the Denver Broncos. Had 12 sacks his first season as a rookie. Went down in the third game last season, which was really upsetting as a Broncos fan. But him and Miller on the edge are one of the, it's one of the scariest, if not the scariest duo in the NFL. 
I don't think you can name two players rushing off the edge better than Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. I don't. And I think that just is just such a threat. And even though he hasn't been playing much in training camp, I think Chubb could come away with this award. All right. Interesting. Who do you have for coach of the year, Adam? Um, coach of the year. Um, that's an interesting one because I think it's, 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 Coach of the Year is asking me who do I think is going to be the most surprising NFL roster this year, which is, so. which is why I want to say Bruce Arians, but the Buccaneers are already expected to be good. Like I get it's yeah. a big turnaround from last year, but you were given everything this offseason. Um, I could say Cliff Kingsbury, but I don't think the Cardinals will be that good this year. Um, I think I'm, I've hated on the Cowboys a lot. I think Mike McCarthy could be a candidate as well, but I don't see it happening. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the, just the classic Bill Belichick. I think I'm, I'm very high on this Patriots roster. A lot of people don't see them doing well. I am very high. I think they could be very good. Once I, again, I'm super high on Cam Newton. I think Bill Belichick, with all the adversity he's facing with opt-outs and stuff, is going to be a successful NFL coach this This season. is going to be one of his greatest challenges. This, it, it, he, <laughs> this is the year he proves to everybody yeah. that he doesn't need Brady. And this is the year that Brady doesn't succeed. Goes 9-7, 10-6. You wouldn't call that succeeding? No. Because it'll show that Belichick does. Actually, it if, doesn't matter how Brady If Brady plays. goes 10-6, then that's not really going to change the conversation. It's only going to be Brady really, really Unless falters. Brady doesn't make the playoffs, it really won't change much. But I think Belichick has a lot to prove. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. And I'm going to have to go with Sean McDermott. I'm so high on Sean McDermott. I think he's done wonders for this Bills roster. He's turned Josh Allen into, I mean, people consider him to be a great quarterback. People consider him to be a top 10 quarterback. I'm still not, like, I still not made up my mind about my exact feelings for him because he's fairly inconsistent. but. They've turned the Bills into, or Sean McDermott's turning the Bills into a winning franchise, which is not an easy task. And uh, especially if he can beat the Patriots this year for the AFC East, he's going to win Coach of the Year, in my opinion. Because taking the Patriots' division, their home division, and stealing it right out from under them would be remarkable. So I'm going to have to go with Sean McDermott. Um, and I guess that's all the awards we have for today. Um, that's going to wrap up the episode. Um, this was a bit of a shorter one, but we wanted to get it in for you guys before the season started so you could hear our predictions. Um, we're not sure yet. We may have one more episode before week one. We might do a fantasy football edition, but <laughs> if we don't, Tuesday after Monday Night Football, after the Broncos game, you should all expect the podcast to come out on our thoughts on week one. Um, we could do a week one preview. We might, but... Besides that, that is all for episode three. We would like to thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to leave a review, share with your friends if you enjoyed, and we will see you guys next time. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening.